cliffcentral.com Yeah, welcome to it. This is Black Life. My name is Dimitri Masha. And uh, in the studio today, we've got, you know, a lady who you really want to listen to. You know what we do and how we do every Thursday on Black Life. That was Fela Kuti with Opposite People. I love that song because it's like talks about actors and everybody else. So let me introduce my first guest. Speaking of actors, film industry, Fela Kuti, if you are interested or uh, have any interest in ever getting into the film industry, this is someone you definitely need to know. Don't ever forget this name. How are you doing, Dinell? Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> I must say, um, when I saw the name in the email and uh, you were going to be coming to the studio, immediately I was like a little bit confused at first, but I remembered that the Sesotho version of spelling Dinell starts with an L. Yes. Do like white people generally get very confused when you yes. tell them that your name they is They call Lineo. me Lineo. Li- I don't blame them though. And you if know? I'm going to ever see them again, I correct them. Otherwise, I don't care. Otherwise, like whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you're in the film industry. You've been doing this for like well, many, years many, and years, many, eh? Years, yes. I mean, you've got 20 productions under your belt yes. in, in various guises. Yeah. Ever been an actress? No, well, I was an extra okay. in a TV series that I did, and I suck. Like, oh, okay, in I'm your own worst. TV series, you're an extra. So it's okay. <laughs> no, no, because somebody didn't show up, and they're all like, right, okay, right. so come. Just, so you gave yourself yeah, the walk job. and talk, and yeah, that's the know, worst kind of nepotism, horrible. though. <laughs> and that's probably why you sucked. But no, I really sucked because <laughs> the idea of um, speaking proper Sesotho yes. and walking and staring at that red light at the same time was like very scary. Let me tell you something about speaking proper Sesotho, right? Yeah. It is probably one of the toughest languages. Out there yes. in the world People don't realize That yes. proper Sesotho You know um, I've been playing I'm a Sotho man lately mm. And I, I hope I did it A little bit of justice But if I didn't My apologies To all the Sotho <laughs> people It is not the easiest language um, and, and you know Being from Pretoria You can't just put in any word no, It's Sesotho no, no, no. But and, and there's a difference Between Sotho And Sesotho Because Sesotho is like Okay much so Let's like. start at the beginning Where did you grow up? I grew up, or well, I was born in Ferenaging. Okay. Um, so I'm from Everton originally. Okay. And then, uh, when I was six, we moved to Lesotho. So I spent most of my formative years there. And, uh, only came back to South Africa when I was, I think, about 12 or 13. Okay. Yes. 12 or 13. That's yeah. when you came back to South Africa. Yes. And, and what was your experience like when you were outside of the country? It was amazing. Like, I really, I've just had the best life ever. And growing yeah. up in Lesotho at the time that we did, Everything is amazing. It was so different uh, to being in South Africa. Mm-hmm. We're very shielded, just even at the school that we were at, but just shielded as as, as young people. We lived in Lesotho where there was a black king. Yeah. So this idea of apartheid was, you know, was very, very foreign to you, us. Right? You know, we only knew it when we got to the border, you know. And uh, so it, it was really just a great existence. Okay. I really enjoyed my childhood. Here's the thing, right, about everyone who's lived outside of South Africa growing up, especially in the 80s, yeah. when I suppose... I would say it was almost at the height of apartheid, mm. uh, especially with the state of emergency going on. Mm. How did it feel to live in a country where the the first language, the primary language, was mm. actually Sesotho? It was your language. How, how, how did that change you as a person? I think it was normal for me because I didn't know any better. I only yeah. I was there from the age of six. I can't remember anything that happened before then. So it was normal for me coming to South Africa at 11, 12, however old I was, that was the, the, the weirdness, you know, and also just wrapping my head around apartheid and racism. Like I didn't understand racism until I got to South Africa. Mm. It, it had no significance in my life before that. We went to an international school where we had people from all over the world and all races. And even the way that uh, South Africans spoke, the fact that they re, they, that they'd say this black guy so and so and this white guy's, and yeah, I was like, that yeah, is so yeah. weird. Like, why does it matter what color they are? <laughs> and that's, and I actually learned to speak like that. But okay. in Lesotho, it was just like, to Misha or David or whatever. It was yeah. never contextualized with, with the color of their skin. I suppose so you guys, kind of there were white people there though. Lots, yeah. Okay. And it was just, and it was normal. Like, you guys Very lived normal. and it wasn't yeah. like, oh, look, there's a white person yeah. or there's a black person yeah. or I was accosted by three black people. Oh, no. No, none of that. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, and are you, are you Miss Sikeloani? Because I know you're married, right? Yes. So is that your, your your maiden name or is that your surname? It's my maiden surname. 
Okay. But I still use it for work. Um, and uh, as at is that, home, is that the name that you use in the lights? The nails. Yeah, good nails. Uh, the nails. Sounds very foreign. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sounds pretty cool. But you cool. know, at home, I'm the nails. Lamini. Lamini. So you guys, uh, you 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 crossed the the other side, ne? Yeah. Your 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 hubby. He's Zulu. He's a Zulu guy. He is Zulu and Swati. His He's dad Zulu is Swati. And Swati. And his mom is Zulu, yes. Did he grow up in like the Zulu areas? Swaziland. Swaziland. So he's like from there. It's not like he's from Soweto. No, he's not from Soweto. He's like oh, proper okay. Swati guy. You know, just tell the me best about people that, in the world. Tell me about that cross-cultural thing. Because, you know, it seems like Sutu people mm-hmm. and Ngunis, man. It's, no, we it's get along deal. very well. Yeah. Okay. You know? Because I think, uh, Sutu women are generally very fierce. We're very sarcastic. We know exactly what we want. We don't care about yeah. anything. Okay. So, um, when you meet a good, liberated Nguni man. Okay. You know, he's able to handle you, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think others are not able to because they, they get very controlling. Okay. And we, Basuta cannot be controlled. Like we're very no, independent. You cannot. You're too people. wild. We're too wild. Yes. You're <laughs> so, untamable. So he was very good. Like he, he's, he's, he's one of my favorite people. And you know, I vote for Swatis and Zulus. Okay, but he's a very laid back kind of guy. Yes, I think that's, is. that, that was his, that was his thing, yeah, right? And of course, he is in the business in a way. He is, he's, yeah. uh, he's a voice that a lot of people recognize oh, gee, on okay. a lot of, uh, commercials yes. and, uh, brands and that sort of thing. Um, how has that enhanced your relationship? I mean, you are a filmmaker yeah. and he's a voice artist mm-hmm. and an actor as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, he understands me more. Yeah, he understands. But he's do, my right? biggest fan, so I mm. think even if he was in a different industry altogether, it doesn't matter what I did and he did. It's really just about he's my biggest fan. All right, cool. You know, and so you're obviously his biggest yeah. fan as well. I'm his yeah. biggest. He's the best person in the <laughs> he's, world. He's a great voice artist, I must <laughs> he say. He's one of those guys when he walks into the studio, you're like, oh no, why did they call me? I mean, he's here <laughs> no, but already. You, you know, you know, like you, you are one of those. Uh, thank you. Top, you know, top two. It's top crazy. one. Yeah, you know, I'm mean, top two, right? So it's crazy because I've known him for for so many years yes. like almost decades now yeah. from the studios yeah you know it's mm-hmm. like that's where we always meet yeah okay but anyway this is about you it's not about your man mm-hmm. um what made you decide to get into film i mean you got into film way back in the day you yes. you you didn't just get into film yeah you went and you got your your bachelor's in motion picture medium at the south african school of film yes you did tv and drama but you studied producing and uh creative directing am i right i started or producing directing. uh yeah producing but i mean cousin directing was just part of what i did okay um because i'm a creative producer but i do a lot of things but how i got into it i was actually studying accounting for three years well accounting was studying me okay and where spat me out was it at vitz i don't know it natal take Oh, okay. Because I graduated from high school very young. I was 15. Wow. So I had no idea who I was, what I wanted, (laughs) you know. So my dad was like, just be an accountant. Everybody else in my class was going to be an accountant. Let me try this out. And then one day when I was sitting miserable in in my apartment trying to figure out what I want to do next with my life, I started going through like my money. I said, "What, what, what do I spend my money on? And I promise you, the last 10 rand I had, I'd spend it on a movie. Like, if it meant I wouldn't eat that week, I would go watch a film. So I thought, hey, this maybe this is what I really love. Mm. So um, I looked at schools. I applied to a school in New York. I got accepted. I thought, oh, I'm going to New York. Awesome. And my dad was like, oh, great. You're going to study film far, 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 far away. Yeah. But let's go to Joburg and see if there's any, uh, any schools there. How? But and why are you getting in the way of Because my dad loved me. He was very cool. Fair enough. <laughs> and then I found fair. out about after. Okay. And I went, when I went for the interview, the film that they gave me to, um, to, to watch and assess was Witness. And I'd been studying Witness for two years. Okay. So I thought, you know, this is it. This is where I'm meant to be. And, um, that's what happened. So I decided to go to after, and that is when life truly, truly began for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, and, but you must have been one of the first batches of people going to after at the time. It wasn't like a big school like no. it is now, right? No. How, how was it like being one of the first people to go to after? You didn't know much about it. No. I knew nothing, but it was really exciting because it was a very small group of people. Yeah. Um, I think we were the second batch. Um, and we just had the best time. Mm-hmm. And we worked, we worked, we worked. Like It must it, be like it was all new. It wasn't tainted. It was innocent. You were it just was there very innocent. for the film, yes, right? It yes, was all about yes. the film. It was all about making films. Like there were no heels and makeup. and like, You yeah. worked. Back then it was just you yeah. just running around, It was around, like right? working for a production company and having the pleasure of paying them to work for them. Ah, that's what we go for days with no good, sleep. Don't you think that's a good business model, Monami? <laughs> Amen. I, 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 we should I do that. Any days. Let's, open, flavor, let's, let's, let's open a magazine, right? Yeah. Like a magazine school, but... 
but actually yes. what these kids do is they work <laughs> they for your magazine, magazine yes. yeah. and then and they, they pay, pay you for it. Perfect. Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah, and we can bring all these Americans because they like do wildlife. So we'll just pretend it's a wildlife magazine that they write for. You see, and uh, give them I one like page. That. Here's the thing, though. I mean, your I dad. Like it a lot. You just, you just, you were studying account, yeah. and now you're suddenly going to this weird place yes. with all these artists, mm. and you're going to be studying film. How do you feel about that? I mean, was he, he a was taken aback. He no, he was. He walked in and he's like, "These people are really dirty. Are you sure yeah. you want to be here? <laughs> like nobody's really washed, yeah. you know." Yeah. I'm like, yeah. "We're just tired." But he loved the fact that I was happy. Okay. Um, at some point, I had convinced him to open a film school, and then he was like, "Nah, nah. I don't know anything about film. I'm oh, not going to okay. do that." No, you know, dad was radical. You know? right. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? What kind of films did you want to make when you first got into film school? Because we all had these films that we yeah. wanted to make when we got in, right? And then you get older and like it changes. It's always been the same thing. Okay. Um, I live in a happy bubble. Okay. So I've always wanted to make happy films with All happy right. endings. That's awesome. Yes. I, I've never been into the painful people die and there's AIDS and war and stuff. Oh, that's so refreshing. Yeah. I can exhale. <laughs> that's the thing. I always yeah. think that we make that mistake in this yeah. country. When we make films, we want to show the hardships the and the pain. Yeah. And then at the end of the film, yeah. there's no even like a catharsis. Something really amazing happens yeah. and the pain stops. It's yeah. like, and the pain continues. Yes. <laughs> Africa, we're always in pain. No, but we're not. Dog. I, I didn't grow pushed. up like that. I, you know, I know that there's pain all around, yes. but it's like it's. I always say it's where you point your camera. It's no, like you're, you're where you turn and where, where you look. See, but Even, your family shielded you from a lot. I mean, no, my Orbans, guy. No, 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 no. Before Mami I went, Lodi. no. Let me let me tell you something. Before I went to St. Albans, right? right? I was actually. I grew up in Mamilodi mm. and Harankua in the tough streets of Mamilodi and Harankua, sure. right? Why was it but tough? I was you still very you happy. Yourself are now going back to the tough. No, here's my thing. I'm just saying it was tough because that's what it was. Yeah. But it wasn't tough because I was a child in a happy environment. Exactly. I mean, my aunt ran a shabin at my grandmother's house where I lived with my parents in the backyard in a zozo. Mm. Okay? It doesn't get more real than that. And then my other aunt was a real pantola. <laughs> you know, she was like mshosa because yeah. she had a pan. And every other <laughs> night... <laughs> she, yeah, she was like that, dog. And like every other night, the guy would come and they would fight. It was crazy and there were gunshots. <laughs> and then even while I was going to like whip since St. Albans or whatever. It yeah. was in the height of like the state of emergency. Yeah. So you, you got to see the hippos in the township when you were back home. Mm. You, you, you got to hear about people getting burned. You mm. know people got shot, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't moments was of pure joy yes. and happiness yes. amongst that. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing for me. I'm all about the happy environment. Like mm. I'm very picky about the people I hang out with. I'm very picky about the people that I work with as well. Because I love positive people. I'm a very positive person. I'm a can do anything is possible. And as long as you love what you're doing, you, you'll always win. And as you know, I've been raising money for my film forever. Okay, okay. we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into your <laughs> film just now. Uh, we got we got somebody online who is Noremek Noremasi or Noremek. I don't know. He says Nomek. Oh, that's even better. Dineo who. It's Dineo Sekelwani. Sekelwani. Am I saying it right? Sekelwani. Sekelwani. Dineo Sekelwani. All the way from the Tabin. Talisoto. Gimonesu. Ramona hair. Bua hair. Monabisi. Tete. Hey, a man. 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 Hey, a Okay, what's with someone need? Uh, umbrella him me. Tell me. Oh, 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 guy. When did you start? How, how did I? Uh, go film school. Don't get casually. Um, Musabizi wakawa pili nikuweki Pitandoro. Is from Pitandoro Company. Maybe some Pitandoro Productions. Pitandoro Productions. Called Pitandoro Productions. Gileka sebeza hoyena limuze pedi kapa zetaro. I was there for two years as a producer and and directing some inserts as well. Okay. Okay. We can switch back to English now. We proved that you can do it. She even said limuze pedi. Not you know, church days, there'd be like three interpreters. There would be, hey, there'd be a Zulu one. And a Shangan one. Yeah. Random interpreter. Oh, I like this. Yeah. No, this, this, this is good. So what happened was that a friend of mine asked me to find, she had just moved back from the States and she was looking for a job. Okay. Then I was helping her send her CVs and stuff. And I called somebody at Mnet to send the CV. And that lady was the first white person to, pr- to, to pronounce my name properly. She was like, oh, Dinelle. I was like, oh, that's great. How what lady you know is this? I might know her. Eileen Sandrock. Oh. She is the GM of... There you go. 
what is a Sasani Sasani Studios. Yes. So we started talking and then she was asking me, so what do you do? I was like, I'm a producer. I said, like, why don't you send your CV? I was like, I'm not really looking for a job. I have a job. I like, send it anyway. And I sent it to her. She called me in for an interview and we really got along really well. Okay. And she gave me the job, you know, which was horrible. But anyway, good well, for me, but not good for uh, my friend. Oh, okay. Okay. What was so wrong with the job? <laughs> no, the, the job was great. Oh, but, but you your know, friend I, I had been applying for a friend of mine. Oh, you man. Know, sorry, so she friend. missed out. Sorry, friend. Are you guys still friends? Can no. we still call him? No, no. <laughs> okay. No, we broke Probably up. not. Oh. Yeah, after that. But man. I started working as the supervising producer for KTV then. Okay. So doing children's television. Did you fire me? No. Were you it on was KTV? After your time. Was it after? Were you on KTV? Yes. Oh, dog. Yes, I was. Oh, okay. I remember. Around about the time when I was on Channel Channel O, right? You on KTV? <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I remember now. <laughs> He's funny, ain't he? <laughs> so, sorry, I was. I just wasn't watching children's TV at the time anymore. Oh, I was right. trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to be making kids. Now at eight hundred, you're making kids. <laughs> I was living my life right. to the that last number. <laughs> right. So I started there, and then uh, we started go. Uh, the channel which is now Vuzu was yeah. very different th- than though. Okay. Vuzu is much better. I mean, you were channel head at the time, right? Well, I wasn't, I was supervising producer for the channel. Okay. Um, I then moved to, um, channel O as a programming manager. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then from there, I left to go freelance and worked as a creative producer, producer doing all sorts of things for the SABC. We made a few, um, Dramas. You made some dramas in your time. Yes. My most Uh, favorite things. Twenty productions. That's some serious production, girl. My most favorite thing. I mean, you made um, Tunzi Wantaba. Yes. Tunzi Wantaba was really, really such a great experience. I learned a lot (laughs) about myself, about people. It was pulled off air, so it was very dramatic. It got pulled off air, and they had to do a talk show because it was very contentious. It was about um, What was it about? Young boys going to the mountain yes. And one of them ran away And went to hospital So there were a lot of um, Traditional leaders That were very upset But unfortunately When they started complaining They hadn't actually Watched the series They just heard from someone Who heard from someone Who heard from someone ah. That there was something graphic And there was nothing graphic about it It was actually a very positive story About young men uh, Going through c- circumcision But also just about The people who take advantage of them and I think once they got to see the program, there was certain things that we had to change and went back on air. And it had a very good, a positive impact, okay. I think, on, on audiences at the time. I mean, then you went on to do Redemption, which won three SAFTA awards. Oh, yes. Redemption was with Tongue Productions, with Tandy Brewer and mm-hmm. uh, Bridget Pickering. Okay. And that, for me, was just a great thing because, you know, um, it, it was uh, Tandy's project in, in the beginning. Like, she came up with the idea. And she got me involved because I was a Christian, mainly, yeah. and because she knew me. And I was a producer that had worked with her. She was one of my writers in a, in a previous project. But what I really loved about that, because I, I love, um, I won't call it religious programming, but I like spiritual programming. Okay. And with everything that I get involved with, I want to be able to affect at least one person. Mm, and mm, the most mm. positive thing about that is that I was sitting in a room with my cousin and someone, a friend of hers that I didn't know. And we started talking about different things and she was talking about suicide and she told me that, you know, the one night she was, she, she was having such a hard time. She was about to commit suicide that night and she was sitting in front of her TV trying to figure out how she's going to do it. And redemption came on and she watched this episode and she decided wow. to live. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And I was sitting there like, this is why you make drama. Yeah. This is why you make these stories is to encourage people. And this is why I like happy stories and okay. happy endings. Exactly. But things that will encourage and change people's perspectives. Because with something that has a happy ending. Yeah. They live happily ever after, even though it seems like it's a bit fairy tale. Yeah. But it actually does happen. Isn't that what we all live for? Yeah. Isn't that the hope that exactly. we all need in life? Exactly. And I'm sure we can show that in everyday yeah. um, television and programming. Yeah. Well, another one that that was what, that was a major was Entabeni, oh, yes. w- which was basically a Shakespearean miniseries. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about that because when it came out in 2008, yeah. it was huge. It was. I mean, that was my baby. It was my most favorite thing to it work on. It won six after awards. It was really cool. I don't remember how many it was. But uh, for me, it was uh, the biggest thing because <laughs> I'll tell you why. You know, when uh, the night before we were supposed to submit uh, the proposal to SABC, mm. my director disappeared. He went to Durban and was gone. And I was sitting there. Did you go to the Durban July? I have no idea what he was doing there. And I okay. was sitting there like we, I knew I had the the concept and the story. And my boyfriend, who is Simpire, my husband now, yeah. 
And I was saying, I don't shout know what to, to do. Shout out to Shout out to Simpi. What's up, dog? And he said, listen, Rory just write your own proposal, submit it on your own, just go, go ahead with it, you know? So I wrote the whole concept, like I did not sleep the whole night mm-hmm. trying to get this document ready. We was, it was sent to SABC and, you know, we got shortlisted, we pitched and we got the job, which was really so amazing for me to start something from scratch, just from a great idea and see it all the way through to, um, to, to it being on television and having the same beautiful effect that it had on, on, on audiences. And every year, I mean, it's been repeated, I think, every year since then, at least oh. two or three times. Yeah. Which is just. Do you get paid every time it gets repeated? Supposedly. But not really, hey. <laughs> not really, in theory. You know, we're going to get into that. I want, I want to yeah. first hear the good news mm-hmm. because that's a thing, right, about yeah. our, our industry. And we have to talk about it. Like your experiences about this industry from the other side as mm-hmm. a producer. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that it's the producers who've messed up this industry. Oh, no. But before we go there, mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit more about Entabeni. For example, um, which particular Shakespeare stories did you guys um, redo? We did Macbeth. Yes. Yeah, which is always my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, um, love, deception, all those things are my favorite things to look into. So we did Macbeth, and we just had just the best actors on that show. We had Who a lot of fun. Who played Lady Macbeth? Lady Macbeth was Zikona. So it's like, I, like, uh, I love Zikona. was amazing in that. She, she looked amazing. beautiful in that. She was amazing. Yeah. It was directed by Norman Maige. Yeah. One of my favorite directors. And he, I mean, it was really just amazing to work on, you know. What you guys did with that, um, especially with, with the Lady Macbeth character mm-hmm. and, and with Zikona, you, 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 you took the look because it was a time when everybody on TV mm-hmm. kind of was starting to look kind of the same and had, yeah. you had to like have a nice weave, mm-hmm. kind of almost be a yellow bone or going in that direction. And you guys went totally the opposite direction yeah. and, and, and it just popped and it was amazing. Cause we were looking for great talent. Yeah. And Zikon was a great talent, mm. you know, and, and also because we were working in such strenuous situations, you know, with such budgets, you need people who are committed to their craft. Yeah. And yeah. she's one, she's one of those people who are just really committed. But in terms of how we see ourselves, mm. I mean, everyone's looking at Lupita now and going, yeah. oh, as if she's the first, but yeah. you guys did it before oh, then yeah. even. Oh you yeah. Know? Oh yeah. 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 And, and how did that change the way I think I'd say even black women looked looked at themselves. Well, I really don't know because for me it was just you know the reality has always been like you need to pick people who are beautiful and mm. people who are beautiful are people who know who they are. Okay, you know it's a spirit thing; it's not a physical thing. You know the whole yellow bone thing. Like I love yellow people. I my wife is a yellow I bone. love dark skinned people. <laughs> you know, but I think you know that for me is. It's, it just shows it's, it's a thing of apartheid as well Where we yeah. We have gone so far away From who we are Of appreciating Who we truly are That you know Now we work with labels That this one is better Than that one If she's light skinned yeah, yeah. She's better and, and, and it's social conditioning as well So it I don't is. blame anyone Who's into I find that after 20 years In the industry It's sort of like It's a cycle yeah. I mean when I first Came into the industry It was the time that The guys had to be very light Like mm. it was the Will Smith look mm. The f- uh, two years later, it was the very the dark, dark yes. and very tall and very African Jimon Hansu, you know. Look. <laughs> and then, and then it just every year it just kind of changes. And then yeah. after a while, you just get used to the fact that it's a cycle. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter because you can you can transcend the labels. Yeah. You can transcend mm-hmm. what the industry is doing by mm-hmm. just being yourself. Exactly. And I'm hoping that you know, as black film producers, we can get to a point where it's not about. This year, this is what we're doing, but yes. it's about for this particular role. This mm-hmm. is who we're looking for, exactly. and it, it, we're not really necessarily trying to say anything by either casting uh, a dark skin somebody mm-hmm. or a light skin somebody. Yeah, yeah. We are just getting the best person exactly. for the role yes, at that time yes. that makes sense in terms of the character. Yeah, yeah, that's really it. That's really how it. important has that been for you as a female filmmaker? I mean, you know, we 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 see Hollywood, yeah. and in Hollywood. Every woman has got to be super skinny. You've mm. got to be like a size zero to yes. make it. Yes. And um, that's what has been perpetuated there, that you got to look a certain way. Once you're over 30, you're kind of over the hill, unless mm. you're Charlize Theron and a yeah. few others. But generally, by 35, make way for the younger ones because mm. that's who you want to see. Or stay in shape. Or stay in shape, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, shape. <laughs> I'm trying to represent other people in this world who are also relevant. Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry, I just, I just heard Tumisha in shape. I was like, wow. And it's around... Round, round is a shape. Round is a shape. She's about to switch <laughs> off my mic. I've just actually turned you up. I oh, want okay. you to just, I'm giving you enough rope, Monabisi, because yeah, sooner or later, yourself. I know you're just going to hang yourself, buddy. Uh. But I think for me, you know, the, there are certain realities. If you're going to be a surgeon, you have to go to school. There's certain things that you have to learn. And yeah. when it comes to film and, um, and television, I think it's important to tell authentic stories. Uh, that feature authentic real people. But in terms of the optics of, of film, mm. 
Like the reality is that you have to have great skin. There are certain things that you ha- you, uh, you as an actor mm, have mm, to commit mm. to, and you know this. You are going to have to have great skin. You have to be in shape, depending on the on the role. Mm. But I think also as producers and writers and creators, we also have to start representing more people. Not mm. everybody. Like mm. you know, the, the, a big portion of the world is not skinny. Mm. That's mm. not reality. Mm. Mm. But where we are now, our, our perceptions as warped as they are. People see certain sizes as beautiful, but it's mm. not everyone. That's mm. that's what we're selling to the world. Mm. But if we start telling authentic stories with authentic characters that reflect our true world, I think everyone will, will be as accepting. Mm. But mm. we've all fallen into, oh, no, if you look this way. But here's my thing. Here's mm-hmm. my thing. Um, as an African filmmaker, yeah. we seem to always follow the American trends. Yes. I remember working with Lupita for mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. in on Sugar in 2009. Mm-hmm. And I was like blown away by how beautiful this girl is. Mm. And you know, I kept thinking when I was working with her the whole time that she's so beautiful, but I bet you in South Africa she'd never work. Yeah. She wins an Oscar and mm. now yes. she's the new beautiful. Everyone wants to work yeah, with her. She's well marketed, right? yeah. But it, the white people yeah. in America had mm. to accept her and say, guys, mm. here's a beautiful black person for you. Yes. And now black people are like, oh, you guys she are right. Beautiful. She is beautiful. You know what? We yes. should do that more often. Yeah. When are we going to start doing that ourselves? And when you say optically, mm. you know, aesthetically, mm. when are we going to start pushing our, our own, own aesthetics? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like we have to start writing stories that reflect our own world. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think as South African producers, we have to start opening up more to markets where we're accepted, where we can get, we can make the rules. Cause okay. right now we've all been focusing on America and it makes sense why, because they've got the numbers and the reality of our industry is that we don't have numbers all right. just yeah. in terms, in terms of population yeah, cool, size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we will not, we'll, we'll never be able to compete with China, with India, with America, with Nigeria, mm. but we have Nigeria as a friend to us. Mm. We have this audience that will accept us, mm. but we don't make use of it. No, we don't. You know, we're focusing on America only. And Nigeria, for me, is where South Africans should be focusing on. Because right. that's where okay. we can really build something right, together. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. How important then is it for us to collaborate with the rest of Africa? I mean, I you look at the important. Ethiopian film industry, mm. which is coming up. And oh, that's, yeah. be- that's growing to become, I think, if it's not the second largest at the moment in Africa, mm. uh, going towards the largest, mm. it, it soon will be. Yeah. And and I think what they've done that's so incredible that side is all the cinemas in Ethiopia only show Ethiopian films. I don't know how they got that right, whether it's legislation or whether mm-hmm. it's people. Mm-hmm. But if you go to an, a cinema in Ethiopia, you might find one yeah. international film. Yeah. The rest are all Ethiopian. That's what China did as well. I mean, they have a quota system, which is mm. what us as producers have been trying to push in South Africa. It's not an easy thing to do because... Firstly, I mean, we have a lot of challenges, but I think it's something that we can overcome if we really commit to it. Uh, Dineo, can I just ask a mm-hmm. question? I've been dying to ask this question. Okay. How, like, okay, so I saw the first African dance film or South African dance film. Yeah. In yeah, my, move. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I love the two guys. I love Wandile and, and, but it, it left a lot to be desired for me from a choreography perspective mm-hmm. to say, did we actually hit the potential of any, for me, it didn't even speak of African dance. You know, it, isn't that the I, fear I, that we're talking about I, now? I, we, don't, we don't set the trend. We just we follow the trend that that America has oh, set because we're too afraid. What trend was that? Well, I didn't. I didn't get. I, I didn't have dance, an identity. Right? Mm. I had an identity crisis when I left that film. But I think the one thing that I've accepted a long time ago that I'm not always a target audience. And um, okay, but it, you watch like eight. To 10 movies a week Yeah but that's I'm not the the target audience Most of the time We want to reach out To other people Who are not filmmakers Right Nobody makes films Filmmakers Because we're messed up And we have problems And we're jealous (laughs) And we're crazy So you want to make uh, A film for your audience But where we need to start In South Africa Is building our audience The Afrikaans market I mean they have it right You just produce An Afrikaans film It will get watched And it will make a profit With black films it's 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 a thing of culture And it's also a thing Of access as well and okay. finances Because most of our population is in townships And the cinemas are very far away from them yeah. And just having to get onto a taxi Pay X amount of money Get to a cinema, buy popcorn bucks. And then get a taxi back hmm. Like that's a different thing to getting into my little polo And going to, my, to, to the cinema with five of my friends Right, right You know, right. so that's, those are the realities that we face as an industry As a black film industry in, and, in this and country quality, And quality assurance uh, I mean is that even important though? Cause it here's is. The thing. But here's the thing. This mm. is what I found difficult as, as a filmmaker and a television maker or content producer, or whatever in South Africa mm. is 
uh, you know, being a filmmaker, you go, oh, you know, I would never make that. I'd never make that. And that's mm-hmm. the stuff that actually does the best. Yeah. And when you think about it, you go, actually, if you want to make money, make that. Yeah. When you want to do something for your friends and your family mm-hmm. and to feel good about yourself, mm-hmm. then make the quality stuff. Yeah, I think I, I agree with I, both. I and this know. is this for me is where <laughs> I think we need to because it's all about the audience in the end. What does the audience want? Yeah. What does the audience consume right now? But it's a lot of the films. I mean, come yeah, on. No, but that's, but that's you're not the target consume, audience right? though. But you're not the target audience. You're not the target audience. audience. I'm sorry, Mona. If I make a movie, I'm not making it for you. Yeah. You're too busy anyway. You're probably not going to come to the cinema. Exactly. Um, when it's time to hire the movie, chances are um, you'll probably find a Yifi torrent somewhere and you'll tell me how you watched it. And if not, then you'll get it maybe on box office. But there's like one or two of you and that's about it. Luna Cheese Boy, I'm not making a movie for so, you guys. So it's okay for Zuma to say... Uh, you're clever blacks. Clever blacks. You, you don't, don't want not, to You don't support blacks. us. You don't, clever blacks don't support no, other clever blacks. You know, and, and that's, a, that's the thing. But I... I I think also part of when it comes to cinema, uh, we have Tyler Perry films that make a good profit here. Yeah. But the the difference between our films as being South Africans and Tyler Perry films, they're well marketed. In South Africa, South African black South African films are not well marketed. Right. So even one dealer's target market, the Hear Me Move target market, half of them did not even know about this film. They still don't. They've never heard about it right. because it wasn't marketed to them. Right, right. You know, where films like, that come from outside mm, the country, yeah. they have all the social media, they have all these things that we know about even before they come here. Right. So by right, the time right. they get to South Africa, very little has to be done. Yeah. Where yeah. we actually have to start building an audience. And that's a very, very, um, it's, it's a difficult undertaking. Yeah. So, I think that's where we need to start. And this is why for me, like my focus now is like with the, with the markets in, in Africa that are working, Ethiopia, Nigeria, why don't we get partnerships with these markets where they mm, have their, mm, mm. their systems are in place? Mm. I mean, as South African, South Africans, we know we're good at quality. Yeah. But partner with a Nigerian producer. He's got the numbers. You've got the quality. Okay. You know, that's when the industry can really be born. I, I hope think. he doesn't bootleg the film, right? Well, then, uh, no, but I think, you know, even, but you but know what? Happens. No, but even <laughs> if your film gets bootlegged, here's the reality. By the producer. But even if it does get bootlegged, yes. you're building a name for yourself. Okay. Right? Okay. Because even with the bootlegs, you'll be able to mm. make a bit of money. More money than you'll ever make in South Africa. The DTI wants their money back, though, and the bootleggers aren't going to give it to you. No, the DTI don't, don't want their money back. Oh, really? No. Okay, we're going to It's the IDC that. that wants their money back. Oh, the, the DTI are my heroes. Like, they are the best people in the world. And I think if it wasn't of them, it would be very difficult for black people to, it would be impossible for black people to we make films in this country. We would not be making films at all. We still wouldn't be making, even though we made like one or two a year, yeah. we wouldn't even be making DTI that. I rejected my, my, my application. To make ah! a film. To make, to a, make film. a film. To make a film. not to make a film. To, we're talking to, about to film. fund our magazine. Oh, it doesn't oh, matter. Okay. Same anything, I just heard DTI and my, my, my ears just started ringing. Like, and you got mad. You, energy. Got, you didn't know why. Yeah, oh, wait, wait, wait. Like, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about funding and also yeah. we're going to talk about my Zulu wedding in a mm-hmm. second. But first, we've got to get into style tips because that's what we talk about every week right here on uh, Black uh, mm-hmm. Life. So, mm-hmm. uh, Monabisi, all right, we're talking about optically. Optically, what works? Aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You must pay attention to your supporting pieces. Some sweaters are lean and others are big and chunky. Mm-hmm. Okay? The first rule of thumb, my man, is that your top and bottom halves need to match. I, I would keep telling you this, and you think it's because I'm from Pretoria. <laughs> man, if, if, okay, let me not go there. Tanto okay, Ometi said, boss, if you're wearing a, bon, bon, a matching, um, I hope you notice, right? I'm matching my blue jeans, there's blue on my sneakers, and then I'm wearing a blue shirt with a blue hat. And but, an orange. But I'm wearing an orange jacket orange. with Victoria a shoe that has orange and brownish highlights. Okay? With a brown belt. Thank you. Moving on. Uh, uh, are you trying to... <laughs> wait! Don't wear a fisherman sweater with a beautiful silken wool suit pant. Instead, wear it with something as casual as cargoes or jeans. Or dress it up with a blazer. <laughs> Why are you whoosering in the middle of me telling people what they must wear? Because I really need to. Jesus needs to come into this room and sort this out. Uh, you're not matching very well. What do you today. mean I'm not matching? What are you matching? What are you matching today? Michelle you're wearing a blue star. jacket. Blue jacket. Okay. Well, I blue suppose all star. Blue all star with a blue jacket. Yes. Okay. And khakis. Okay. No, khakis. I disagree no, with the matching cool. as well. Namangas. Yes. It's oh. only Pitori people that match. Eh? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought you were doing me, man. Hey. Why are you doing that? Orange jacket with blue. Orange goes very. It's a complimentary color. You must know your complimentary colors, Monabi. You look very dapper, though. I should tell you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, you know, you should. Thank you. Not jealous. Down, Monabi. You should not have said that. Why are you eating me jealous? That. You should not have said. 
Listen, keep it simple, Mfana. You want a wardrobe that looks great on you, but don't overdo it. Don't wear more than three pieces of jewelry or more than three colors. You see, that's why I only wear two colors. <laughs> don't dress like a rock star unless you're in a band. Those are my Shangan days when I wear like five colors. <laughs> you know, somebody was actually taken to the, to the, what's this? Human CCMA. rights. Yeah. Because because he was busy Shanganing this, Shanganing that. We love Shangans. No, but yeah. I, I can they say rock. it because I've got a Shangan family and I'm part Shangan. So why are you people gonna, have trained you, I've got you. I've got fair. Do you know some of Vusi? my best friends are Shangan? Yes, but I just said I'm like, part Shangan. Do you know? So Vusi? I can say what I like about Betty people. I can say what I like about Zwana people. I can say what I like about Zulu people and Swati people. Those are my people. And Kosa, and you're people. Well, Kosa, I'm married <laughs> to a Kosa, and my my baby is hard Kosa. Listen, like, I like love Kosa. Kosa, Kosa ne? His, his, you can just see he melts. You know, oh, I melt when I think of Kosa. Oh yeah, that's Ooh, why Kosa girl. Oh, that's why you and I, are, you know what I'm saying. What? Okay, yeah, because she's suiting, you know. Yeah. yeah. But suiting girls also do something to me, eh? Yeah. Oh, they are totally. They're actually like the same, but we're separated by a fence. Yeah, exactly. Okay, more like catch a snake. Yeah. I've got 20 questions to ask you. Okay? So, uh, we're going we to talk like about the Ford Mustang later. Yes. Not really, no? Yeah, we are. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay, okay but first, do the 20 questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, are you ready? Yeah. Nope. You're not ready? <laughs> no, I am. Okay, we'll wait till you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Drum roll. Okay. Oh, shucks. Hold up, hold up. Wait, let me get the drum roll ready. Why don't you warn me, man? Hey, T-Money. T-Money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, hold up, hold up. Here comes the drum roll. You know, the train hasn't reached mums yet, so please, (laughs) you need to catch up. Uh, I don't know if I've got a drum roll here, though, but I'm going to try fine. I'm going to try fine. I'm going to don't worry. uh, How about a hop? (laughs) 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 We love random. (laughs) I couldn't find a drum roll. Oh, okay, here we go. There you go. Let's go. Okay. So, what's the funniest moment in in your life? Oh my gosh! Every day is the funniest moment in my life. Uh, does anyone vanish with a trace? Yes. Uh, <laughs> why is there an expiry date on sour cream? Because it goes off. Uh, do you think people from Recoffee get a coffee break? No. Um, did Adam and Eve have navels? Yes. Do illiterate people get the full effect of the alphabet soup? Yes. <laughs> Are you going to call me after this? No. <laughs> Has a guy ever asked you to marry him? Yes. Uh, do you have wild fantasies? Yes. Okay, now, now my 20 <laughs> questions are like, boy, man. would you go out of your way to help a friend? Of course. How much money do you hope to make in life? I hope to make $300 billion. Uh, what's your favorite sports car? Oh, I don't know anything about cars. Which habits are you Z4. most proudest of breaking? Um, overeating. Do you think fish get thirsty? No. Uh, what is the opposite of opposite? Opposite. What word starts <laughs> with F and ends with U C K? I don't know that kind of English. Okay, it's called fire truck. <laughs> uh, have you ever been arrested? Never. Do you shy away from real love? Oh, I love love. Do you like going to parties? I love parties. Do you think my friends are <laughs> some of them? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's she did well, dog. She did well. Eh? She did well, dog. She, she did well. well. Eh? She did well. Well done, Danelle. That was uh, amazing. Well done, Danelle. Well done, Danelle. <laughs> that was amazing. But right now, let's get into your movie, man. Zulu Wedding. My Zulu Wedding. Or your Zulu Wedding. Mm-hmm. Everybody's Zulu Wedding. Everybody loves a good yes. Zulu Wedding. Yeah. What's the story about? The story is about a South African girl that grew up in the U.S. And she gets engaged to her American beau. Then has to come home for the Lebola ceremony and finds out she's been promised to an 80-year-old Zulu chief. Oh, my. And she tries to stow away... In a young man's car to get on the compound So she can convince him the, the Zulu chief to leave her alone But she falls in love with this young man Who turns out to be the Zulu chief's son oh So in my. the end she has to choose between the two The two men Yeah, that's And that's she right. does the right thing, right? She does the does right thing Does she keep thing. both of them? Yes That's right Yeah Yeah Menager, what? Yeah 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 Okay Here's my thing, right? I mean, that's a beautiful It's a, it's a rom-com yeah. um, We need that You know, black love uh, What made you go Want to write a story like that? I'm I'm very interested in like Cultural stories Yeah 
I'm Musutu, my husband is Swati. Mm-hmm. So even during our Lobola, it was just very different how we do things. You know, um, I'm not very traditional. Okay. Um, and, and, and I really just love characters. So the story always starts with a, with a character and it actually started with a very painful experience for me. Mm-hmm. My cousin was raped and I had to take her to hospital. And when we got there, it was the first time I'd ever seen those prick tests. Mm. And whenever, uh, something bad happens, I go to my happy place. So I go to my little bubble and I imagine a happier world. And while she was getting this test, I just imagined a friend of mine, Mahanu Mamabolu, being on a date and pricking the date with this AIDS test. Say, That's my okay. sister-in-law kind of oh. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she pricks this guy. This is in my imagination. Mahanu would do that though. Yeah. To see if he, if he's positive or not. Exactly. Because otherwise would, the date will not continue. But also she would, she would do, to run through the 20 questions because yes. to see like it's a prick test. To exactly. see if he's a prick it's a or prick not. Test, okay. yeah. Yeah. So that's where the story started. And I told about this. We had a good laugh. And I started writing the story around this character who was a traffic cop, like very erratic, really crazy, did really crazy things. But as the story developed, she had a sister. And the story developed more into the sister story than her story. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's another one that we're writing called Mabu, who's the character in the film. Um, so it's, so that's was really Mahalo involved in the, in, the, in the writing? No, she wasn't. Oh, okay. But she, she's part of the cast. Oh. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and now when you, when you cast international, because I think that's fantastic that mm-hmm. you've thought of a way of getting around this whole thing. Because, you know, every South African film that we do, yeah. um, and especially the historical ones, mm-hmm. we go, let's cast this great American actor mm-hmm. as Nelson Mandela or mm-hmm. Steve Biko or yeah. whoever. And yeah. then it just totally doesn't work. Yeah. As opposed to let's cast an American who actually plays an American. Yeah. Let's not make it too difficult. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and that's what you guys did, which, which is did. a great marketing plan yeah. because obviously then it opens up the American market, exactly. but also keeps it real because exactly. he's, a, he's playing an actual American. Yes. You're not getting but, like seaport. But I also want to address this thing. I know, like, I, I'll be very unpopular for saying this as an okay. actor sitting in front of me. I it's think okay. as South Africans, there are certain realities that we need to deal with, and it's once again our numbers. So as much as it can anger us that these Americans play South African parts, the reality is we do not have the numbers to support these films. So for me, if I wanted to make money as a South African, like I need to focus on markets that are working. So my focus is Nigeria, Ethiopia, and the African-American market. So for the South Africans who are like, stop casting Americans, write your own movie and cast South Africans. Mm. But here's my thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it hasn't worked. In terms of the box office, yeah. none of the movies that is historically well, have cast I mean, Americans they, they have actually made have money. Work. They, they have okay, because I think we, what we focus on, we focus on the opening week, and but we don't look at the life of the film because okay. the film can go for twenty years and yeah. actually make good money. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I heard a story about Faith Like Potatoes, which was released on DVD. And it's never been released theatrically, but it made, apparently, I don't know, this is unsubstantiated, it made like 30 million in America. Oh, it was, did they have an you American know? in that? No. Oh, okay. And this is my Funny. point. Mm-hmm. And my point is like, whatever film you want, however you want to do it, do it your way. Yes. But don't be judging other people okay. for That's their fair. hustle because it's really difficult to make films. It's really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. And until we have uh, audiences that can support what we're trying to do, until we can live off our craft in South Africa, People should must just sit down. They that, must that's just sit that's down. Just what I, I well, that's fair enough. But I mean, I, I, I'm on both sides. I'm mm. as a producer and as well as an actor, and I've mm. and I've done enough of those films to say, even in 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 thus far, they yeah. haven't really worked like they were supposed to. They didn't like light up the world, and if anything, they actually became that blip mm-hmm. on that star's you know um, film career. That oh, don't mention that one. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I imagine now if I went and saw Tay Diggs and he's mm. doing great work, he's on The Good Wife. And oh, I said, yeah. remember Drum? He'd be like, shut the nigga, shut the... You know what I'm but saying? I, but I think Drum, though, was also the time it was released in. And that was it one of the was, better ones, by the way. Yes, I think Tay Diggs was. at least tried. Yeah. I saw Winnie with oh, Terrence yeah. Howard and Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. That was a big mistake. Yeah. And okay. what, I I'm, agree trying, with what that. I'm trying to say is, it's, mm. the problem is not casting outside of South Africa. Mm. The problem is casting just for the box office, then you're not being honest and you're not being truthful as a You're trying to make money. And, but I, and the I think, but there's a difference. That, but you though. see, but there's a difference between, for me, it's just like, there are people who manufacture Porsches or Fords or whatever. We don't really judge them much because they're, they're quite clear. They're trying to make money. And for me, I'm not going to knock any producer's hustle. Let them do them. I will do me. And my, my focus as a South African producer is really about growing the South African market. And I will try all I can to do that. And I think part of where we win as producers is by working together, yes. by supporting each other. 
But as South Africans, we're so used to just knocking each other out. Not even like pulling down. We want to knock each other out. Like, I don't want you to exist anymore. This whole market is mine. mine, Exactly. Instead of saying, why don't we get together and start, you know, pooling our money together and say, Dumisho, you want to make this film. Mm. How do I help you while raising money for my film, raise money for yours? Mm. And we have a slate of films that were collectively working towards and you do you however way you want to do it, whether it's for American market and the Americans cast, it doesn't matter. But we're going to support you because in the end we want the industry to work, we want people to have jobs and make money. But you see, here's my thing, right? Um I, I, and I'm glad I we're agree. having this. For this once debate. in my life I agree with like with, a, with guest. a guest, yeah. That, and I'm the one who's on the other side. <laughs> um don't you think that we've got to listen to our market? We've got to listen to we, the very people. In who South are Africa that. there is no market. In South Africa there is no market. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so if you're going to make a film for South Africa, you mm. might have a problem unless you're making an Afrikaans film. Yes. However, even the well, American market, we have to understand that because mm. here's the thing, right? Mm. Leonardo DiCaprio can come here and play a, a white South African yeah. because actually even in America, mm. the major film market mm. is the white yes. film market. Yes. So, and Leonardo is at the top of his game that way. Mm. So go for it. Mm. Plus also, uh, he's speaking English. In a South African accent, mm. South Afri- white South Africans might think, nah, that's not the best mm. South African accent. But he but, tried. But he tried. <laughs> um, but white Americans would be like, wow, Leonardo, like, kicked that yeah. out the park, man. Mm. Mm. Um, what, I, where I think we've, we've tried to go on, we've, 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 we've gone wrong when duplicating it with, I suppose, black film stars mm. is, I think maybe it's the level of commitment. I'm mm. not sure. But yeah. as an actor, I think when I watch them, I just see the level of commitment is not quite exactly. the same. Yeah. I'm not knocking anybody for mm. doing what they did. Mm. Yes, you are. Well, okay, fine then. I am. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you use South African money. Yeah. Like, let's, let's take, take long walk to freedom. Yeah. You use South African money. Mm. Your major, uh, line items mm. on that budget mm. were out of South Africa. Yeah. So your, our money, mm. our tax money mm. that could have made your film, my yeah. film and everyone else's. Yeah. Went to the yeah, UK yeah. basically. Mm. And a very few, very little of it went to, to America. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it went out. Mm. That return still hasn't come back yet. They've made their money back. Where? They haven't made box office yet. Because, I mean, but you they, see, they box, haven't but, made money. But that's money. the thing. Like, I think sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. Box office is not everything. I'm, I'm looking at the, the life of a film 20 years. If you're saying in 20 years something has not come up, then yes, that's a problem. But you have to look past opening week. But I can't make my film now. You're still waiting for money for your, your, your Zulu wedding. And I'm going to wait. That's probably because that money was used just now. No, but, but even with that. And, and it hasn't come back. But, but here's the so thing. So I must wait 20 years. No, let me I'll tell you. Old, you 60. know, when, when the DTI uh, announced this uh, black empowerment rebate, right? And they want to give us 4.5 million rands. No, they want to give you half on the oh, first the 60. Yeah, okay. the rebate. The first, yeah. Yeah, the DTI is our friend. So even in the, I think in the first three months, they had very few, I won't name, I, don't, I won't say the number, they had very few applications. And where we as black people, like, you know, screw ourselves, we are good to complain very quick. Yeah, this mm. doesn't work. And when you speak to those people, how many of you have applied? Zero. Mm. None of them have applied for the money. How many of you are actively trying to raise money? None Yo, of them. But they will be the first to complain. This is not working. This is not fair. No, 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 no. No, you're right. We do complain so, a lot. Yeah. We do complain a lot. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we're talking about your film. Mm. And you know, your film at the end has a very happy ending. Yes. That, that we think that will be satisfying to the whole audience, Americans and South Africans? Well, I hope so. You know, but I, I think the only, I only have to focus on trying to stay true to the story. What happens after that, you know, is just on a prayer. Okay. You know, and, and, and casting wise, um, how have you gone about? You don't have to tell us the people yeah. you've cast, but how have you gone about casting? I mean, who are the people I mean, that you've decided I to use? I remember seeing no, you we, at the we, cast. You always didn't make it. I can we, tell we, you. Don't, don't you be like that, okay? Tamisha, you and I know what's going on. He's they on put the you in your place again. You have been cast. You were chosen. But nonetheless, so, 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 I mean, like, you really worked hard at the casting. Yes, yeah. I did. Mm. And I think we found people that we're happy with. Okay. But at the same time, like I was saying earlier to you before we got into the studio, I will only really celebrate when some money is in their account. No, for sure, for know? sure, for sure. But the people that we are speaking to, we're quite happy with, and and we hope for the best. And it may not be a big box office success in the U.S., but you know, you've got VOD, you've got DVD, and that's really like what what we're focusing on. I think in closing, because we have to go now. Yes. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we need to get to a point where not every movie needs to necessarily make box office. Exactly. Because here's why I was Mm. talking about that whole just casting Americans in the lead for the sake of it. When you do that because you're hoping to get a market, Mm. what you're then doing is, yes, 
part of making films is about making money, yeah. right? But we're an, an, a film industry in its infancy. At mm-hmm. best, mm-hmm. the new South African film industry is 20 years old, yeah. which means we're very young. Mm-hmm. The American film industry is more than 100 years old. Yeah. It's just been going, yes. you know? And not all their movies make box office. No. Out of 10 movies, two mm. make enough money to pay for the other eight yes. and everything else. In this country, we're so focused on just box office instead mm-hmm. of just telling a story, a story yes. that the audience mm-hmm. will love and that will resonate with the audience mm-hmm. as well as cultivating that audience mm-hmm. to understand what are the things to look out for. Yes. What, what, what do you look out for? What are, what are the cultural motifs mm-hmm. in, in South African films? Yeah. And also teaching the international audience as well. Mm-hmm. That we need to we sell just, our culture to the world. If we just start with selling our culture first yeah. and selling our, selling our stories and selling our people, mm-hmm. the money will follow. Exactly. If what we were is honest about it. What is our culture? What but is our identity? It's what we decided is yeah. right now. Yes. And and put it into form. And we will work it out as we go. Yeah, and work it out as we go, yeah. but be consistent about it. Exactly. The thing is, if you only make a film once every three years, yeah. it's not, not good enough. Industry, yeah. That's not an industry. And you're also not creating that culture. Mm-hmm. You need to hit them with three or four films at least a year. Exactly. And that's major films. Yeah. Then there has to be at least eight other just films that just came mm-hmm. out and did nothing. Mm-hmm. But spoke the same kind of cultural mm-hmm. language for mm-hmm. that year. Exactly. And then next year we might like we'll obviously enhance it a little bit, we'll make it different there. Because but at the moment the only thing that that, that is speaking to our audience is yeah. soap operas. But it's, it's this is exactly how the American market works. Because they also do the same sort of culture. There'll be less superheroes, superhero films. There'll be different themes as we go. That's what we need to do as South Africans. Thank but also, I think the other thing that we need to consider, just in closing, is that, you know, it's not just about making films for theatrical. Also, people were trying to build careers and careers outside of South Africa as well. Yeah. So sometimes you'll find that there'll be South African producers or directors who will make these films with American actors because they want an American release because then it opens up their market, even if that first film bombs. Mm. But mm. you'll get picked up by somebody. Yeah. So that's that's also something else to consider. Well, good luck with your film and all the best. We really look forward to it. And I'm, we're so proud of you that, yeah, we're uh, gonna do a, a pre-screening you, actually. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna do Can a I just punt, uh, like, just punt, a punt, quickly? Punt, okay. Punt. So, uh, the Durban International Film Festival is happening very, very soon. Yes. So yes. please, South Africa. July, go. Uh, just go Durban. register if you're in Durban or just go to Durban because to Durban. Durban is amazing. I'm supposed it's, to go it's to summer Durban. there. I'm so sad I'm missing it. It's summer there. It's beautiful. Yes. And then later in the year, um, there's AFRIF, which is the African International Film Festival in Nigeria. All right. If you have films out there, there, as Africans, please submit to AFRIF. Just submit the closing to date uh, has not come yet. I don't have it on me yet. Okay. But cool. please just get on the website, find out about AFRIF, find out about DIF, and just try to Bradley attend. and Sean, if you're listening, uh, if we haven't submitted to AFRIF, please uh, submit to please the beginning submit. now. Yes. But the beginning will be showing at DIF, so go check it out. Great. I look forward to the beginning. It looks amazing. Thank you. Yes. We're out of here. Monobisi, last words. Uh, we love... We love Dineo. We love Africa and we love Dineo. We love Africa and we love Dineo. with an L. Dineo. Yes. Mamaga Inala. Keep all of those people working, you know. Okay, we, we really have to go. But I really want to see more of our beautiful South African ladies in film. I want to see people like Pearl. I want to see people like like Amanda DuPont. I want to yeah. see people like Dumi Murake in a film. I, I even want to see Jeannie D in a film. I want to act with Jeannie D one day. I'm sure you do. That's right. I'm sure you do. That's right. I'm sure you do. I want to see Boyti in a film. I'm sure you do. I want to see Connie in a film. I'm sure you do. Who else? Come, come. Uh, Sophie. Uh, Zozi. So this is not an actress. She doesn't want to act. <laughs> but she'll find that answer. You know what I'm okay, oh, that's us. Like that. We're out of here. Goodbye. See you Bye. next week. Bye.